0: Hi, I'm your host, Jessica Peresta, and I'm so glad you're here. Whether you're at home, in your car, in the shower, or wherever else you're listening, grab your cup of coffee or whatever other beverage is nearby and listen in to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. Welcome back to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. You're listening to episode 136 with Liz Kutschke from Mrs. Cookie's Music Room. And she and I have a conversation around preparing for a substitute, what it's like teaching with anxiety and teaching during COVID. So it's like a little bit of a lot of things sprinkled into one episode. But I was so excited to have her on the podcast, because She's so real about her struggles that she faces in the music room, but so very, very knowledgeable and just I love the different perspectives every single one of my guests brings to my podcast because I talk about this a lot. You have your own unique teaching style, your own unique perspective and your own unique way of doing things. And each of my guests has their own Unique way of doing things as well as you will hear from Liz. So she is amazing, and I am just so excited about this conversation. As you know, preparing to have a substitute teacher in the music room is super tough, especially those of you doing virtual teaching and you're like, what in the world do I leave for a substitute teacher? But she breaks it down in such a simple way of what to leave for a substitute, even if you get a non musical sub, which is the case most of the time. And what do you leave for them? How do you know what to prepare? How much do you prepare? How do you organize everything? She gives some amazing advice in this episode about how she prepares for having a substitute teacher and... Her struggles in moving forward as a teacher when you're dealing with anxiety, which let's be honest, especially this school year, a lot of us have faced so much more anxiety or overwhelm than normal. And so how do you keep moving forward in your teaching when you as a person are feeling a little bit off or, you know, just burdened and heavy? What do you do? And so she gives some great advice around that and also share some tricks about what has worked for her while teaching during COVID and how she transitioned during all of that time. So a little bit about Liz, and she's going to introduce herself right when we get started, but she's in her 11th year teaching elementary music. She began her career in the Chicago suburbs, but now she teaches in Scottsdale, Arizona. And over the years, Liz has been fortunate to work with a wide variety of school populations, including private, public, dual language, gifted, self-contained special needs, and most recently international baccalaureate students. Her, I probably butchered that word. Apologize. Her, her classroom is Kadiya and Orff inspired with the hope that her students become more joyful music makers. When she's not teaching, Liz enjoys walking her Corgi mix, Sadie, relaxing with her husband, Steve, and creating resources for Mrs. Mrs. Cookie's music room. So let's go ahead and get started with this conversation. And at the end, make sure you listen in because Liz is going to tell you where you can connect with her online. And I would love for you to do that because she is super amazing and super helpful and just such a kind-hearted person. So let's go ahead and get started. Welcome back to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. Liz, it is so great to have you here. This is way long overdue and I'm so excited to have you on the podcast and I would just love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners before we get going.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Jessica. Um, Well, my name is Liz Kuchke. I teach in Scottsdale, Arizona, this is my 11th year teaching. um, I'm actually originally from the Chicago suburbs. So my first six years I taught there and then um, we moved to Arizona. And uh, let's see, I have taught in private schools, public schools, uh, dual language schools, all over the place. (laughs) So I've kind of gotten a patchwork of experience as a general music teacher, but everything's been pre-k through eighth um yeah live in scottsdale with my husband and our two dogs i'm corgi obsessed so you can usually find me <laughs> sitting next to my corgi
0: That's sweet <laughs> uh my mom has a corgi and um it it is the sweetest dog but yeah they're so funny we call oh. him squatty because he just has these little squatty legs yeah. and just <laughs> the little stumpers i know so sweet um Yeah. Well, you said you've had a little bit of experience teaching everything. Well, but COVID is totally, you know, this is definitely experience you didn't know you would need and you didn't know you would be getting, but yeah, now you can (laughs) say, hey, if I ever experience a pandemic again, or I'm told to just teach music virtually, I have already experienced that too. So how have you dealt with that? I mean, what, what, I mean, gosh, it's a gamut of emotions, right? But do you feel better now than you did like six months ago, say?
1: You know, my confidence in myself as a teacher has grown. I mean, it kind of plummeted in March, of course. I think we all were, yeah. <laughs> you know, the breaks went on. But um, I think that I, I kind of really enjoyed virtual teaching and, um, and like getting to learn about all the different technology and find a different way to teach what I needed to. Um, so it actually forced me to use a lot more technology than I'm used to. And, um, usually it's just, I project things on the smart board, a few interactive things, but, oh, I'm going to learn about some apps and, (laughs) and pull the kids and things like that. So it forced me to actually try things that I'd been wanting to try for a while. So, um, overall, I think it made me a better teacher. So. March me, wouldn't believe this, but I, I'm grateful for it.
0: (laughs) Well, and obviously this is how I am. Whenever you're in the situation or in whatever in life, you don't see the benefits of that stressful time, you know, until months later, when you look back and you're like, I actually am grateful for some of this like you said, the technology part of it, I really do think it did open so many doors for ways of learning and different, like you said, technologies or ways of teaching that you, are you back to teaching in person
1: now? I, I am in person, I think okay. four weeks now.
0: So yeah. do you feel like some of those skills you, or and the new technologies you were able to find you were able to bring back with you into the classroom?
1: Yes, for sure. And I am still, I'm doing both. Okay. So I'm doing asynchronous, with our online school, and then synchronous with a few kids. Oh, wow. Um, and then, of course, the in-person. So, we've got all three going on.
0: <laughs> mm. ah, a yes. lot to juggle, oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're learning a lot of time management skills. Um, yeah. But it's nice because I've gotten to, it, it kind of forces me to use those same technologies that I'm using with my online kids. Oh yeah, of course just incorporate that with the in-person kids as well. And it also makes it easier because we can't touch anything, can't share anything. So it's a lot easier to be able to use like Mm -hmm. Chromebooks or the smart board for that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so I know when you and I were talking about having this interview and having you on the podcast, we talked about helping teachers who may be struggling with teaching with anxiety. And I can totally see how teaching during COVID, whether they are in person or teaching online or whatever it might look like, or on a cart or whatever that um, I know for me, I have struggled with anxiety and it is something that it comes and goes and it, you know, depends on what's going on. It depends on my stress level. Um, But whenever you're a teacher and you're facing stressful things do you feel like that makes the anxiety worse and if so how have you dealt with anxiety as a teacher before covid and during covid um yeah i've had anxiety
1: my whole life um and i guess it's first important to say it's not easy to deal with and sometimes i don't handle it as well as i wish i had but Overall, I think it gets, um, teaching during the pandemic has actually helped my anxiety a little because now it's like, I think about the scale of things and what really matters in the long run, the big picture and, oh, they didn't finish the lesson on tea ticket. That is not the important thing right now. There are many more important things for the kids right now. So um, it has helped me put things in more perspective, but definitely had to use a lot of skills like deep breathing. And I make it a point to keep my lunch for myself. And I know a lot of teachers, especially at my school work through lunch Mm. and I get it. We don't have a lot of prep time, especially this year. I totally get it. But I've found that if I work through my lunch, I am such an anxious teacher for the rest of the day. Like I'm shorter with the kids. I just, I just need that time for myself and for the benefit of the kids the rest of the day. So um, I think it's important, whether that is to go to the teacher's lounge or um, in non-COVID times, or to just yeah. chill in your room with like a podcast going mm-hmm. and eat your lunch in some silence and relax.
0: Yeah, it's self care, which I know is, if you're anything like me, you hear that talked about so much, and you're like, it's easier said than done sometimes when your schedule is so busy, especially during the school day, and you are given maybe a thirty minute break for lunch and possibly yeah. a plan period. It may or may not be happening, but <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I I'm the same way. I have to take care of myself, and I. I've talked to people who are like, but I feel bad if I do something for me, or I feel bad if I don't get this and this and this done. But for me, I am, I am the same way where like if things pile up or if they're on my calendar, they don't get done, or I know there's all these things that need to get done. It used to cause me so much stress and anxiety and be like, yeah. I have to get all these things on my list done r- today. Why, why though? Like unless there's like a deadline and it has to be done that day. What who says I can't move it to tomorrow or who says exactly. I can't move it to the next week? And so I love that you said that because I think teachers need to know that And it is okay to say no to. You know, you get so many interruptions during your lunch break. Um, I've been known to eat in my car before, like just because that's the only place I can find a quiet spot to just go and be by myself. Um, But everybody's personality is different too. Some teachers want to talk to other teachers and have that, you know, time. But for introverts, like, no, thank you. (laughs) Like, I just want. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah.
1: Whatever way helps you recharge for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. So,
0: yeah. So, How have you dealt with that in your teaching when you, you know, when you said if you don't get to a certain thing in your lesson planning or you don't get to a certain thing while you're teaching, you know, if you think you're going to get through a 45 minute lesson, you have all these things you want to cover and maybe you don't get to them. How do you, how do you move forward from that and be okay with that when it comes to teaching and planning? Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I make note of it in my lesson planner, because I will forget anything I don't write down. Um, And honestly, I just try to remember in the big picture, these kids are going through a lot right now, and music is supposed to be a joyful place, a place where they can relieve stress, and I want them to have happy memories. So yes, I want them to learn those concepts. I want to hit all those standards, but their mental health comes first, especially right now. So I just find another way, Re look at my plan book. Everything can be moved (laughs) and and just find a way to put that in at a different time.
0: That's Good. That's so good. Yes. Okay. So it's not like set in stone. Things can be moved around and it is okay also if you don't get through a full lesson because sometimes, you know, you can read your students if they need you to stop to talk to them or they need to do a, a... like a movement activity because they got to get their energy out a little bit. Exactly. Or they need a calming activity. You may or may not have to take things out and put other things in and that's okay. It's about staying flexible.
1: Yes. So important. And there's going to be times even for like things like fire drills. Mm. I mean, <laughs> your lesson's going great. And then you hear the eh, eh, eh. Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. So it's, it's just about, like you said, being flexible and just it'll be okay. In the long run, it really will work itself out and
0: it'll get done. Yeah, that's good. Well, I'm so excited because I want to talk to you about preparing for a sub. This is when I was thinking about the questions I get asked a lot, this is one of the main ones. And I think I thought back to why is that? And I think it's because when we're in college, I don't, I don't remember. And maybe, I mean, maybe this is just my experience, but I wasn't told a lot about what to do if you have a substitute. It was just kind of like, if you have a substitute, leave some plans. Well, you didn't tell me that I may have a non-musical sub, or even if I have a musical sub, they won't want to do things the same way I do. Like when I have a two month maternity leave and I made copies out of cop upon copies of things and he didn't do any of it. <laughs> like it's just uh-huh. like, ah, so <laughs> frustrating. So yeah. So Preparing for a sub is tough. I think especially yes. as a music teacher. So, what advice do you have around, well just give us all the advice you have around preparing for a substitute that you have.
1: Sure, of course. Well, first of all, my cooperating teacher during student teaching, actually, she had to take a day and she said, "No, no, I'm not going to have you sub for me. I'm going to have you write the sub plans."
0: Oh, wow.
1: And then sit back and watch the sub Teach from your sub plans, take notes, oh, and see <laughs> so good how that actually goes. And at first, I thought that's ridiculous. I'm I'm here. Why don't I just do it? Oh yeah, I learned very quickly. It's um, it's about being as descriptive as you possibly can, and just assume write it like it's a stranger walking off the street,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> basically. So um, yeah. So. One thing I learned is to just leave a sub binder with everything in it from your schedule to a map of the school so they can find the restroom and just little things like that and all of your procedures so that they know um, if you have seating charts or if the students um, need somebody else to go to the restroom with them if they need to go in pairs or whatever those policies are at your school. So I like to have that all available, and then just also just put my emergency sub plans in there, ready to go just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, ones that I have done at the beginning of the year, and literally, I don't think about the rest of the year. I just <laughs> I just have them already photocopied and ready to go. So, um, and then I also make sure that I edit my. Um, my sub so that I can remove plans as they're used throughout the year mm-hmm. and
0: make sure they don't get taught twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what do you, how about this? What kind of plans do you leave for a substitute? You know, you see even on Pinterest, there's some sub tubs, which is great, but some, some teachers put way more into it than others. And sometimes you, you know, there's teachers that just leave less in plans. So how I'm curious to pick your brain about how do you do that?
1: Yeah, a lot of my sub plans work more like um, uh, uh, a children's literature involved less than. So I'll use still movement at the beginning, um, having the students move to um, like some cards that I have up on the board, and I'll leave them in the sub tub. And leave them with a CD. Oh, I know that makes me sound old. A CD.
0: <laughs> no, I know what a CD is.
1: <laughs> I know, but I'm like, I should probably say like on a flash drive. But um, being honest here. Yeah,
0: hey.
1: <laughs> And then I have all of the books that I use in my sub tub right next to my folder full of the lesson materials. and um, And then I also leave the sub with like key words, terms I want them to go over with the definitions and any pronunciation they might need Um, after having a real rough time with Masorsky on the lesson. Mm -hmm. I was like my second year
0: teacher. Or Tchaikovsky. (laughs) The
1: kids were like, we don't know the name of the composer because they couldn't say it.
0: Oh. (laughs) Oh.
1: But yeah, so I try to leave all that there and uh, print a couple of visuals, like for example, of the composer or what country um, this is all taking place in and um, have the sub just give a little introduction to it. And then usually they um, read the story, will listen to excerpts of music while they do um, different activity sheets. Um, word searches, let's see, fill in the blanks. Sometimes I'll have them do composing uh, about the subject matter. So um, for example, if it's about instruments of the orchestra, have them move different um, icons of like violin, violin, trumpet, bass, or whatever, just um, so that they can still do some rhythmic composition.
0: (laughs) Um, So I wanna ask you this, do you leave the same plans for a musical and a non-musical sub? Because I know sometimes you'll know who you're getting and sometimes it is just calling in and then whoever's available comes. So how do you, how do you do that? I always assume it's a non-musical sub.
1: That's good. Because unfortunately, yeah, I have, I don't think I've ever had a musical sub. Mm
0: -hmm. Very (laughs) rare.
1: (laughs) I don't think i've ever had a non-musical sub um so i always i mean a musical sub so i always mm-hmm. um assume but yeah i mean if they are a musical sub the only things that would make it a little different is maybe i would uh, well they wouldn't need to read the pronunciation or the terms or mm-hmm. anything like that they can just um expand upon the lesson however they want but yes i make them super anybody walking off the street can, (laughs) can -hmm. accomplish these plans. And I try to also make sure that there's like um, different levels. So like a K2 sub plan with different activities, because there's such a big difference. I Mm -hmm. mean, our kindergartners, I try to make the sub plan so that even if they can't read, they can do it. And Yes, sometimes that means a lot of coloring and listening, and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> better to set them up for success than to have them struggling and asking the sub every two seconds, what is it? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. um, <laughs> so yeah, I try to have K2, which there's different activities for kinder even, um, and then 3-5, of course. As they get older, you don't need to differentiate as much for the sub plans i found.
0: hmm I want to ask about this because I know this is one of the hugest headaches is when you come back and you have that note on your desk that a certain class just was not doing what they were (laughs) supposed to, you know? And so how do you, what do you do the next time you see that class or how do you handle telling yours? Well, sometimes you don't know you're going to be out, you know, if it's a sick day. Right how do you handle that? I guess like before you go, if you know you're going to be out, what do you tell the kids? And then if you are out without them knowing, what do you do when you come back?
1: Ah, yes. So in my (laughs) sub binder, I do ask, that's a good point. I do ask that if there are classes or individual students, we're giving them a hard time, please please write down those names for me. Um, <laughs> and yes, if I'm able to, I will warn the kids ahead of time and tell them, you know, they are coming to our classroom as a guest and you need to be respectful. And um, basically when they get, <laughs> when I get back, I mean, mm-hmm. if there are issues, I'll call home. Um, if it's a full class most of the class issue we will lose a privilege for the day um because i mean come on it's hard enough to find subs (laughs) i know know in arizona there's a huge shortage um so i tell the kids like the subs are superheroes be so respectful Mm -hmm. to them
0: Especially for the music room. Uh, I feel like it's intimidating, especially for a non-musical person. If they see that job open up and they're like, but you know, competing between that and let's say a second grade classroom teacher. <laughs> I mean, I'll let's be honest. We like if I thinking. wasn't musical, I feel that way with like <laughs> art. I'd be like, I don't think you want me in there. Okay. I can't draw to save my life. So <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: I, oh, sorry. I um. I actually put in my sub requests online, I'll say no musical experience needed. That's good, you know, because I know oh, people get so scared. Like yeah. I can't sing. Well, first of all, yes, you can, but that's a different conversation. Right, we don't need to go down that path today. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, don't be afraid of subbing in the music room. Mm-hmm.
0: My favorite is the element of surprise. Uh, I was on a field trip with my honor choir and singing at the airport when, you know, back in the day when kids could sing and we came back, came back and whatever class that sub had been, I don't know, whatever grade level it, they were acting like a hot mess. And I'll never forget turning that corner because we got back earlier than earlier than they thought. And their faces were like, oh no, she's here. (laughs) So catching them off guard is is pretty fun. Um, But yeah, just, it's hard because kids are always going to act differently for a sub than they do for you. You know, that relationship isn't there and the substitute, you just don't know who they are. You can have some that are retired teachers that want to come back and just sub occasionally because they miss it. And then you're going to have some that come in who you don't know why they're a substitute because they don't act like they even like kids. It's it's so tough. It's just so hard. Uh, have you seen those different experiences too? Um, for legal purposes, I'll just say yes. What do you mean?
1: Oh, girl. Yeah, they they run the gamut, don't they? Um, mm-hmm. but for the most part, they're amazing, and and the kids, mm-hmm. they know that there is going to be consequences if mm-hmm. there's issues with the sub. So
0: that's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for everything you talked about today. I would love for you to just give any last minute advice to music teachers listening in about anything pertaining to music education that you have.
1: All right. Well, um, the first thing I'd like to say is be kind to yourself. This year is hard. I mean, it's my 11th year, but I feel kind of like a first year teacher all over again. So Please, wherever you're at, if you're feeling burnt out, if you feel like you've got a mountain of work to do, just be kind to yourself about it. We're all struggling right now, and there's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, And I would also say along those same lines, you do need to take those breaks. I know I'm going to talk about self-care, but really... (laughs) Honestly, think about how your teaching changes if you don't have that Mm self-care. Think about how your quality of instruction really goes down. And you can't be a good teacher for your kids if you're not feeling well or you're super grumpy or tired. It just all plummets really fast. So make sure you take care of yourself first. Like they say, um, what is it, on an airplane? Like... Put on your oxygen mask first before helping small children. Yeah. So you really have to take care of yourself first. And I think really, I love the Instagram community for learning this year. Holy moly. They, (laughs) they have taught me so much. If you are not on teacher gram, music teacher gram is the best because I get so many different ideas from all these different teachers. So don't compare yourself to them, mm-hmm. but just <laughs> use it, put it in the back of your mind, and write down some ideas that you might want to try sometime.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Community is so important, you know, and music teachers sometimes do feel like you're on, you know, an island all on your own, sure. especially when you're the only one in your school, and so finding that community, even online, is so super important, and Instagram is, like my favorite place to hang out to and I know some teachers love Twitter and there's a whole Twitter community and Facebook community but find your, where you want to be you know and connect with those teachers because it's so important Liz where can everybody connect with you and find you online
1: well I'm on Instagram pretty often at <laughs> Mrs. Cookies Music Room and I have my website Mrs. Cookies Music com. And all my other social media is also. This is Cookie's Music Room TikTok, Facebook, Pinterest.
0: <laughs> you have the cutest TikToks you shared to Instagram. By the way, I oh, literally lost it. What was the one I I messaged you about it? The, um, the iceberg one, and now I can't remember what oh they're called. Oh my gosh, called. the baby penguin caught in an iceberg. Backyardigans. Their... Yes. Yeah. That's, that's. I was like, what's that show called?
1: So yeah. funny. It's kind of therapeutic. I <laughs> I use. I use TikTok a lot for just, you know, some teacher humor because right. yeah. you need to, you need you to gotta, laugh at some of yeah. this.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Oh my gosh. You got to find humor when you can this year. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, this has been so super helpful just learning about how to, you know, leave plans for a sub. And I know a lot of teachers listening and will get so much from this. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Well, hey there. Thank you so much for listening into the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. There is an exclusive Facebook group just for listeners of this podcast and any elementary music teacher called the Elementary Music Teacher Community Facebook Group. Come on over and join us there where we have conversations around the podcast episodes and encourage each other each and every week. And also head to my website, thedomesticmusician.com. I have some free resources there that you can download to help you gain traction in your classroom today as well as the blog and the membership site and all kinds of other goodies to help you keep going in your music teaching journey. I cannot wait to keep connecting with you and encouraging you and spurring you on in your journey of teaching elementary music. Hang in there. Have an amazing week and I will see you soon.